everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Robbie. Hello there, sir. How are you? Hello, yes. Well, I'm kind of duplicating your wardrobe a little while back. You had yeah, this on, I right? like that shirt. Yeah, so my shipment came. So thank you to Gemma Bean One, Coffee Mate JC, J Alex Mac, S underscore Steph 85, and Manalyzer 131 for my JC shipper clothing. JC. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, you have, the right? J and the C, the big block lettering with their faces. Oh, it's it a is. great shirt. <laughs> Invading yes. your personal space since 2371. It's all so the close funny. talking. We talk about it all the time, how yeah. close they get when they talk. Yeah, they're so close. Yeah. And it's yeah. always kind of a whisper with a touch <laughs> on the hand or a lingering caress yeah. on the shoulder. Mm. Or JC all yeah. the way. Yeah. Okay. Tell me uh tell me a little bit about your skiing day yesterday. I yeah, skied is... yesterday. Yeah, Deer <laughs> yeah. Valley. It was beautiful. Mm. Beautiful sunny day, just really gorgeous. Uh we've good. had so much snow lately up here. And that was uh, my question. The coverage is good, right? There oh, were no the bare spots anywhere. No. no bare spots. Yeah. The only disappointment was uh they're yeah. having a big freestyle a world cup freestyle competition next week and so they had a bunch of stuff closed getting oh, no. ready for this freestyle thing so there was some ah. a couple of, it was one lift that was closed that yeah. i will you know i love to go on and mm-hmm. but it was fun to see the you know the tv towers going up and the big jumps and the mogul it's a it's a freestyle moguls competition oh with, nice and jumps and things so yeah yeah and you've got to be you've you know if you're a competitor at that level man imagine the amount of fitness the fitness regimen that you have to have going oh my to get down an entire hill of moguls at full speed <laughs> it's yeah. just like your knees everything has to be ready to go it's it's a definitely a grueling grueling task to get to yeah. from the top to the bottom of moguls a bumpy uh, run like that the thing for me that i love most about skiing you know mm-hmm. not not every a lot of people don't ski or don't know much about it but what i love right. about it is you take these lifts up to these beautiful spots that are just inaccessible unless you're hiking in the summer, but in the winter inaccessible because of the snow and everything, but you take these lifts up and you just get to see nature in a way that's just so beautiful. And then the the adrenaline of kind of sliding down the mountain and, you know, and not falling. (laughs) Oh yeah. uh, It's exciting. It's beautiful and exciting. And I think, I think that's part of the allure of these outdoor sports like skiing and golf is really to look at the scenery and to partake of the energy of nature when you're out there, which is, you you feel invigorated. There's there's no way you can't, you know, be in awe of uh, God's beauty. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, like it's really good medicine to be outside. And it, it makes me think like on Voyager on Star Trek, these characters, these, they were stuck on ships. Yeah. You know, there was no, I mean, thank God for the holiday, for the holiday. where you could go and you could take a hike or do yeah. something outdoors because yeah. you're stuck on a ship. I can't imagine. If we had that. no holidays, I think people would have gone crazy. Go, cuckoo. <laughs> go bananas yeah. on the Voyager. Yeah. That's the one saving yeah. grace of 
being on a ship lost in the Delta Quadrant is the holodecks. And we had yes. more, more than one holodeck because you need, you know, multiple holodecks running to service yep. all the members of the crew. What was the temperature when it was beautiful? It was in the high 40s Fahrenheit. So nice, nice, comfortable, sunny yeah. day, you know. Yeah. And for those of you, yeah, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to um, ski Utah, Utah snow is phenomenal. It's so crazy because Colorado is a big skiing state and I love Colorado resorts. I don't want any Colorado people to take offense to this, but uh, Utah snow, it's just different. It's fluffier. It's lighter. It's, it's, and it's, these are two states that are next to each other. So you would assume that they would have received the exact same type of snow but no it's completely different ulta is my favorite resort deer valley where robbie went is probably the most upscale resort that i know of in this country yeah. i mean it's they pretty have luxurious it's oh really my nice. goodness typically when you stop for lunch on a normal ski resort in the u.s your like lunch fare, yeah, a slice of pizza, a hot dog, a burger, you know, yeah. maybe a maybe a sub sandwich, and that's that's the extent of it. But Deer, Deer Valley, Valley, they've got like they have filet chefs. mignon, yeah, the, and, <laughs> you know, it's this whole spread French cuisine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, we have three French nice. chefs in the back; they're cooking up everything. It's like what? It's yeah. some of the nicest food that you can have on the. Did you eat lunch on the I mountain? I did. They had a soup station outside, up by the. Um, it was it was a mid mountain mid mountain yeah it was it was up pretty high and okay. uh, I stopped they had soup outside with these fresh kettle chips that they cooked fresh oh wow in the kitchen so nice the tomato basil soup was delicious and yeah. perfect and then the that these good. like gourmet you know homemade chips that they had mm. were a perfect uh, little side for it it was great and I sat That's outside awesome. so I was COVID safe outside yeah. all day. Yeah, it was really, it was great. It was See, great. look at that, folks. Deer Valley, even though they have a little soup station, they don't hand you that little individual packet of chips that's pre-bought from a store. Oh, no, it was. They actually made the fancy. <laughs> yes. And the chips were like in a, you know, porcelain bowl and the soup was in this china and it was, everything was very nice. It was, it was lovely. <laughs> they have their own greenhouse where they grew the tomatoes. Yes. I'm messing, <laughs> I'm messing with you. That's not true, but that would have been cool too. Mm-hmm. All right. So What's are you this ready? Week? Yeah. yeah this what week, is this week? You ready for this episode? This is the final episode. Oh my gosh. That's right. Season four. It's crazy. I can't believe wow, it. Wow. Season actually, finale. We're actually there. It's hope and fear. That's the name of it. And I can't believe we've actually made it to this point in our review and recap yeah. of these episodes. That's unbelievable. End of season four. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Season yeah. finales are always exciting. So let's mm-hmm. go watch it. Let's go watch it. We will be right back. And all the Patreon patrons out there, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Robbie and I are back from watching Hope and Fear. Oh my gosh. Yes, I I just was telling you before we started recording that like this was so dense for me and it started off I was feeling like oh yeah, this is fun. It was pretty easy the first third of this or something to note uh, and kind of watch and analyze and then yeah. it just started getting like complicated and wow. And by the way, I can't believe that neither one of us remembered any of this. Exactly. And it, it is interesting how there are certain episodes that I, I'm going to say I get mired in quicksand where I start slowing down. I have to rewind and it takes me forever. Yeah. And then you were able to take a nap 
mow the lawn, clip the hedges yes. and show yes. up and, and <laughs> like an hour and a half later. And this time I finished half an hour before you did, which is you finished an of, hour before an me. hour before you did, which is very, very, very rare. Very and, rare. And I didn't feel that this was very dense. This one wasn't dense really? for me for some reason. That's I, I don't, I don't know how to wow. explain it, but like I said, each episode is different for each of us. We have different ways of experiencing it when we're watching yeah. it. So uh, you know, we're done. So you, you finished it finally. Thank you. We made it through the finale of season four, which like I said, I can't believe I didn't remember any of this. I know. Yeah. I was over on that, the Dauntless quite a bit. You were all over the place. Yes. So I was thinking, wait a minute, you're in the cargo bay over here, you know, with the, with the, the stuff you guys had from the trade mission. So there's a lot of, a lot of scenes with Tom Paris and it wasn't one of the scene, one of the episodes where you and I were kind of on vacation for the year. Well, I was no. more on vacation than you were, but yeah. still, you should have remembered at least one of these. Scenes. I should have remembered something. I mean, something. as I watched it, some moments started coming back vaguely. Right. right. I was trying to remember. This was the end of season four. I think this was around the time where I was making my second short film. I was going to shoot oh, that during the yeah. hiatus. So I had made, after season two, I made a short film called The Battery, the Battery. Mm-hmm. that went to festivals and things right. like that. Yeah. And then after season four, I'm pretty sure uh, it was around, yeah, season four. Um, in that hiatus, I made this short film called Nine Millimeter of Love. Correct. Which also did festivals and things like that. Yes. And, and I joined you at Slam yeah. Dance for that in Utah. Yeah. You came up to one of the film festivals. And yeah. I think maybe that's why I didn't have such memories about this because I think I might have been prepping and getting ready to make that short film. So my attention might have been on producing and sure. I had writ- written that, that makes, one. And, that makes perfect yeah. sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Okay. That's all let's, that I can come up with. <laughs> let's start up with our poetry synopsis of Let's Do Hope and Fear. And here is my haiku for Hope and Fear Our Taurus solves code. Dauntless is our way back home. Janeway sees the truth. Mm-hmm. I think you captured the spirit a little better. That was great. Really? It was really great. Then your limerick? Okay. Right, I'm going to say I actually have two limericks. I probably wrote four or five <laughs> trying to like, again, this, this episode sort of baffled me in yeah. odd ways. It stumped me. Okay. So I've got two limericks. Yeah, let me hear them both. I want to hear both limericks. Right. Limerick number one. Limerick number one. Janeway and Seven play shoot the frisbee. Away home on the Dauntless appears suddenly. Slipstream might work, but Arturus is a jerk. And that's the season four finale. What are you all bummed about? Okay, all right. Let me, uh, let, me, let me hear the second one. I, second I, I love one the is, first one, but let me hear the second one. Go ahead. Our tourist decodes a message from Starfleet. Slipstream tech seems like a treat. Just kidding. He lied. Then takes Janeway and Seven for a ride. Voyager to the rescue. Isn't that sweet? Aww. Oh, I almost thought you were going to end with, isn't that neat? Is no, neat would have been good too. That. Yeah, isn't that isn't sweet? That isn't that neat? Yes. I just could not capture the like. There's to me, there was so much in this episode. There was huge relationship stuff with Seven and Janeway that was okay. constantly underpinning everything. All right. And then there was all the science and tech and the getting yeah. home and slipstream and I don't know this one. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> I, I think you're being a, overly critical about your limerick skills or Rebecca's limerick skills, whoever it is, you know, I, whoever. I, I think it came out pretty, pretty darn good. So okay. I okay. think you should be proud and um, thank you. Not, thank you. Yeah. And, and don't be critical any longer. Okay. Okay. I think both of them are effective. I think both of them we shall publish in our final in book of, of limericks poetry and collection. Yeah, our collection. Exactly. Okay. okay. So we'll go with that. All right. Okay. I took the honor of looking up the guest stars because I oh, felt good. that you Thank may you. not have had time to because of your, your quicksand um, issue. So our guest stars are Ray Wise and yes. Jack Shearer. Jack Shearer, we've already seen because he was the admiral that sort of dressed me down in non sequitur when I went back yep. to earth and I was with uh, your friend, Mark, uh, the Mark admiral. Kiley, yes, yes. Mark Kiley, yes. One of my dear, dearest friends in the world. Yes. So Jack Shearer was the admiral Hayes then, and he's still the admiral Hayes in the message here. Mm-hmm. Now you always enjoy looking at the very first credit credit of I all do. of our guest what stars. their first job? Jack Shearer's very first job oh boy. was the TV series Fall Guy with Lee Majors in Whoa. 1983. Do you remember Whoa. this? It was about a stuntman, essentially. Yeah. It was a, it was a series. Yeah. And so Jack appeared in 1983 <laughs> on the Fall Guy. Now, wow. Ray Wise, I, I'm just shocked that I, I don't recall working with Ray Wise. Like the last time I saw Ray Wise was when I was watching you direct on Chuck and Ray Wise was no, guest right. starring on Chuck. I but... forgot he was on Chuck. Oh, you already forgot I'll, I'll that? Tell, yeah. I'll tell okay. you what I do remember about Ray Wise, but go ahead. All right. What I was going to say was I remember Ray very distinctly because when we were, when you were filming, when you were directing that episode of Chuck, we were in that one backlot area. It kind of served as a camping site or something like that, right? Yeah, this sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were there, and that's when I broke the director's chair that I was sitting in. Oh, I remember and I, that. <laughs> I remember that. Broke underneath me, and I was so embarrassed. So that was the day, and Ray Wise was working that day. So oh, this that's is funny. that's why Ray's image is so clear in my mind because I was so embarrassed in breaking that director's chair. That's Ray, so funny. now Ray Wise. Interesting enough, his first credit comes yes. almost two decades before Jack Shearer's because wow. I, I would assume Jack is older than Ray, right? I feel so, like, yeah, I feel like Jack started a little late because yeah, 1983 surprises me too. Yes, I was I, a little shocked. Like, yeah, I feel like he came to television and film a little yeah. late. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. All right, so here's his first credit. He did a Ray film. Wise, yeah, yes. Ray Wise's very first credit was 1969. This is a year after I was born. You were five years old at the time. Yep. He did a film called Dare the Devil. Dare the Devil. Okay. Now, right after that, he jumped into a, a long-running, a very long-standing role. Mm-hmm. In 1970, he booked a show, a soap opera, actually, called Love of Life. Now, this oh, is yes. a soap opera I've never heard of. You, I was going to ask you. You've heard I've of it? I've heard of okay. it. My mom loved the soaps when uh, I was a little look, kid. So I do remember. Then your mom would have seen life. Ray Wise because he was in 950 episodes of Love of Life. That's <laughs> can you ima- funny. Can you imagine that? 950. I mean, of wow. course, soap operas do far more. You know, they produce more content than, than yeah. we would. But still, that's that's an incredible accomplishment. Wow. But that was how his career began. And then most recently, um, Fresh Off the Boat, 2015 to 2020, mm-hmm. that TV series about the uh, Asian Americans living in Florida. And 
he played the husband of the neighbor and uh, mm-hmm. his, again, his resume, both of these guys' resumes are long, 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 long. Yeah, long, I bet. Resume. I'll jump in with Ray Wise. I forgot Ray was on Chuck. I totally forgot that because <laughs> I was so stressed out by this episode. But the one thing I couldn't forget about Ray Wise is yes. around 1993, I did a, a recurring part on a series I had tested. So I had screen tested for a regular on this series called Second Chances. Mm. But I didn't get the job. Right. The creators of the show liked me so much or my audition that they wanted me to do something in it. So they created a role for me, a recurring role in the series Second Chances. And Ray Wise was in that series. Oh. The other person of note in that series was Jennifer Lopez. It was her very first acting job. And I remember oh, when I wow. tested for the show and Ray Wise was in the hallway with some other older actors. He was testing and some uh, younger uh, women were there and Jennifer Lopez was in the hallway and she was panicking and freaking out. And I remember I was testing and I knew these showrunners. I'd worked with them before. So I was a little more relaxed. Yeah. And I, I remember going over to Jennifer Lopez and saying, you know, it's okay. Like I've done this before. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember having a conversation with her and she seemed so sweet and innocent and so not like who She's, you know, we've all learned to see that she's a very confident and very strong person. But my experience in that hallway was she was like shaking, the sides were shaking, and she was nervous. She had been, oh my god, she had been like a, a um, she, a dancer. she was one of the fly girls on yeah, In Living Color. Exactly, yeah, she had been so doing. She... And anyway, Ray Wise was in the hallway. Getting back to Ray Wise, yeah, that series. So I did the show with Ray Wise, and uh, he was awesome. And then the Northridge earthquake hit and the show, the sets were destroyed because we were shooting out in, in Northridge. Right. <laughs> it was where the studios were. And so the sets were destroyed and everything. So they actually canceled the show. Like they lost everything and just said, so we made like 10 uh, episodes or something. And then they were just and then like, they canceled it. Yeah. Wow. They just didn't have the money to rebuild. And they just were like, you know what? We're not going to make this anymore. So that was my experience with Ray Wise. I connect yeah. him to the Northridge earthquake. Yeah, earthquake and uh, and that series that Jennifer Lopez ended up getting and doing, uh, and that audition I remember. That's my Ray Wise. Wait, wait, wait. So she, so Jennifer Lopez did get the role. She and got you, the role. And yeah. you were on the show with her. Then is that what you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. But by the time we started filming, you know, yeah. they tested and then we started shooting the series. She would had already gotten the movie Selena, and so she started shooting the movie Selena as we were doing. Uh... The- the series and she blew up like literally like that and and i remember talking to ray wise about oh my god this young girl is like she got her first show and now she's doing this movie and ray ray wise was great he was uh he's just a veteran awesome guy and so great to see him on the show i thought he did a great job in this episode that's my long story of ray wise all right cool Let's jump into this episode. So directed by Rick Colby. Aha, you win. You win. I selected Livingston. That's what I thought. I thought that, yeah. And it it was a classic Rick Colby episode in all the great ways. All the the way he shoots all these sets is just really dynamic and cool. Agreed. Um, I, I did note that there were so many writers on this, you know, well, credited yeah, the, story by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, Joe Manoski, teleplay mm-hmm. by Brandon Braga, Joe Manoski. Yeah. And I did do a little research, even though I know um, it took me forever to get through this episode, but I always <laughs> sure. like to look at some of the context of what was going on as the story was developed. And this was, right. I, I picked up a very hard 
episode for them to develop the story. They were, they were uh, under a time crunch that uh, there was a, at one point, Seven was supposed to leave Voyager and take another ship. And then they, she was going to be like battling with Janeway. Like they were going to be in separate shuttles or something. She was going to take a shuttle what? and they had a whole story developed about, oh, it was really an episode developed for Janeway and seven to collide. Okay. That was the original concept oh. that, that Brannon and Joe uh, had for this yeah. episode that, that they would be like battling seven and Janeway. Huh. And so you can feel that in this. I could feel that in this, the development of the story. That Yeah, the battling was there. Um, I also want to say that it's rare to see Berman's name uh, yeah. story by as well, right? You don't see his name that often. So, Well, what uh, I, the reason that is, it, from what I could pick up, is they had trouble figuring out this finale, okay. that there were a lot of versions. They kept rewriting the outline and kept right. rewriting and rewriting. And at one point, I think Brandon had gone into Rick's office and said, we need some help. Like, we cannot figure out mm-hmm. this story. We keep, everybody's got different ideas and mm. it's just not coming together. And I think Rick was the one that said, okay, what if you break it down this way and mm. don't reveal, you know, use this bad guy. Mm. There was some other alien they had in mind. It was, mm. it was a much more complicated story okay. and a very complicated uh, journey yeah. to write this script. So yeah. But that was a cool thing to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice research there. Okay. Yes, sir. Let's jump into our play-by-play now. Okay. So here we are in the holodeck. Seven of Nine and Janeway are playing this game called Velocity. Velocity. Which (laughs) I've never, no one's ever discussed or mentioned, but they're they're playing Velocity. Maybe that was what the original concept of like battling each other turned into this holodeck game right seems like the captain is winning all these games and uh seven is very frustrated she's she is. she's very frustrated wants to play more wants another shot jam was like no i gotta get out of here by the way um seven's hair is really big <laughs> i wrote down jerry's hair looks like a 1950s big hairdo agreed <laughs> And she's she had some board tech on her arm that we've never seen. Like yeah, there's an implant on her arm because we don't see her arms no. ever. And so now she's wearing some version of a tank top, I guess, some yeah. you know, athletic top. And we see the arm, but here's the crazy thing: her skin is still borgy modeled underneath, like her yeah. implant that's on her face. It's regular skin color all around that implant on both of those implants, right? The one over her yeah. eyebrow and the one on the side, the little chicken claw on the side of her yeah. face. They're just they're just on her body and it's normal skin color. But the one on her arm is just, it's almost like it's not healed all the way. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was uh, surprising to see that. Most definitely. Janeway says, I got to get out of here. And Janeway at the end is like, you know, come on, just be a good sport. Like... <laughs> Be a good sport about losing. It's not a big deal. The most important thing is Janeway talks about instinct. Right. That is uh, intuition. 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 Sorry. She does talk about that, which is the important part of this scene. But I also felt when she said, you know, be a good sport, she was kind of digging into seven a little bit with that comment. You know, I felt like it could have been a little lighter than uh, the way she delivered. Yeah, could have been. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely this, you know, it was setting up that they're going to be battling this whole episode. Oh, yeah. But the intuition is really important Mm because she does hit Janeway seems to fire without even looking at this thing and win the last game. And and Seven's like, how did you do that? 
Like mm-hmm. you didn't even look at it. And she tries to explain in a way that a Borg might understand it's intuition. Intuition is when you anticipate what it's done before you kind of feel it. You, you she just tries to explain it in a logical way. Somehow what intuition is and seven's like, that's implausible. Well, she says it's a human fallacy. Intuition is a human fallacy. So interesting little scene. And mm-hmm. then we uh, find uh, Janeway in the mess hall next. Mm-hmm. Captain's log. She talks mm-hmm. about uh, that she's been working on decrypting that message from Starfleet Command five months ago. And five is a number that is used twice in this scene. So five months ago is when this Starfleet message came through that she can't mm-hmm. decipher. Chakotay comes in. And this is when Janeway figures out or learns what time it is. It's 0500 hours. So it's 5 a.m., message from five months ago. He reports that Tom and Neelix are heading back from a trade mission. In my notes, I wrote Tom, but I guess it autocorrected to talk, T-O-K. So I immediately thought, (laughs) he reports that TikTok and Neelix are (laughs) heading back from a trade mission with supplies and also a guest, a guest who helped out with Mm -hmm. some type of trade negotiation because the universal translator wasn't working. And this guest is really uh, someone who is quite helpful and is asking for a bit of a ride to the next star system. So uh, Janeway acknowledges this and says, okay, I approve. She talks about decrypting this message. She's obsessed with decrypting the message that we got from Starfleet. Mm -hmm. And she's tried 50 different decryption algorithms. She's getting nothing. Mm -hmm. And if she could just solve this, they could be home tomorrow. She says, you know, who knows? This could be the way home. This could be a map to a wormhole or a way to get home, or it could be a recipe for a pound cake. What would be so bad if it were a recipe for a pound cake? <laughs> Catherine I love Janeway. pound cake. I like Yeah, pound like cake. who doesn't like a who doesn't pound like cake? Who doesn't like pound cake? Come on. Yeah, so what's so wrong with that? I don't know. Hey, but see, if you're overseas, is it a kilo? Is it a kilogram cake? Kilogram cake? Yeah. <laughs> a kilo cake. Well, pound cake is comes from the, the recipe is like a pound of butter or something. Oh, right? is that what it's it like, is? Okay. Or a pound. I don't know. That's I okay. think that's where it comes from. Okay. Pound she cakes also, are delicious. Yes, they are. She also says to Chakotay that Seven and her have been butting heads. Yes. And, you know, a lot of this is, is I, I just keep watching like a mother-daughter relationship going on. <laughs> Yeah, it's just mother and thirteen-year-old daughter. It's it's yes. so close to that. It's so many parallels are going on there, and that's the end of that scene. I did notice in that scene, by the way, that mm-hmm. that Rick Colby shot a lot of profile close-ups. Mm-hmm. That when Jane, when Kate, and and Robert Beltran were talking to each other, that they were, you know, normally the camera's looking at both of their eyes, but this was profile close-ups, which I thought was interesting, because usually a director will use profile close-ups for a scene where someone is battling you know where they're butting right. heads right but this was not a scene where chicote and jane were butting heads so i just i thought it was interesting it reminded me how much rick colby was kind of experimental much more experimental than most yeah. of our directors well maybe um, he wanted to keep the theme going in scenes that didn't have seven so yeah maybe kind of understood that so yeah. when you're saying was were these singles or were they were this it was this these, a were, singles, these, were, these singles. were singles these were singles but instead of coming around to see both of their you eyes know, to yeah. see both of Kate's eyes right. he it was, was off profile. to the side in a right. profile and so yeah I just yeah I thought it was an interesting choice because it it's was. unconventional for a scene mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. next we go to cargo bay yes mm-hmm. uh, we see Tom ordering everyone around move this this goes here this goes there and then you pick up what 
you act like you don't know what it is, but it's clearly a jellyfish. It's right? a jellyfish. It's like, <laughs> By the like, way, Chicote looks is sees this jellyfish thing and he's like, yeah. "What is this?" And Paris yeah. takes it. First of all, why am I touching it? Why are you touching that thing? Why am I touching that- this alien thing? If I because I literally say, "I don't know what this is." Well, then why did you touch it? Uh, but I hold this thing and, and he's like, I don't know what this is. He goes, Neelix, which is yeah. kind of fun calling for Neelix. Oh, yeah. And we cut over to see Neelix introducing this new new friend yeah. to uh, to Janeway. Yeah. And he says he was uh, negotiating with someone on this planet when his universal translator went out uh-huh. and wasn't working and they couldn't communicate. And Arturus came over and saved him. Right. By translating all of the conversation, both both sides. So this alien obviously can communicate without they're very smart or something because they right. can understand every you know languages without a communicator so mm-hmm. uh, or a translator. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. It is cool. And I like the fact they call him the living universal translator. That is yes. a, a nice label to have, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But he does explain to Janeway that he sees patterns. He can see things. I like to call it, he can see the matrix. He can, he can see what is happening. And so that yeah. helps him with languages and with any, and with that, all kinds of things. Right. And this yeah. is when Janeway sort of gets a bit of an idea. Yes. And she's you thinking, see that light bulb oh, over her head. Yeah, The light bulb it's turns like, really? on. Really? Maybe you can help us out. Yes. With our message. And by the way, he's very, this alien or tourist at this point, I, I made a note that he's smiling a lot, that Ray Wise played him as a very friendly, mm-hmm. accommodating, you know, yes, very smiley. Guy. And yeah. normally we don't, even if aliens are friendly, they're usually more business. Right. But he was very friendly and seems, which is part of his whole con, we'll Correct. come to realize later on. Correct. But, he also um, has probably one of the biggest heads of any alien. Had a giant head. Yeah. It goes Big way back. Head. Yeah. And I thought the makeup was really cool until I got to say later on, I noticed quite a few times where you could see where the glue sort of held it. And when he got a little more animated and things like that, you could see the line where the, the facial glue stopped and the big foamy headpiece started. Wow. Look at sort of you. Bumped me, bumped me a little bit. Maybe this is why it took you so much extra time to review this episode. <laughs> you caught all these small little facts that well, I did it's not a great see makeup. at all. It's Huh. It's a really great makeup. And usually our makeup department is great with those details and making sure that there's not a seam that you mm. don't see where the piece sort of stops. And, Correct. and you know, um, but this time I did notice it. And maybe it was just because Ray Wise started getting very animated later in the episode. So could be. Anyway, we go to Astrometrics next. And Janeway 7 and our tourists are, are looking at all this, uh, this encrypted data stream that they're mm. trying to trying to figure out and Arturus he says yes this is definitely damaged and while he's analyzing it he's like you're Borg aren't you he notices Seven's um, cortical implant Mm -hmm. and she says well I was but I'm no longer a part of the collective Mm -hmm. and then Janeway asks well has the Borg ever met his race and she says yes we knew them as species 116 but we have not been able to assimilate them yet and Janeway gives her a look like, oh, come on, don't be rude. It was a great little moment and side moment look. in the back. She's <laughs> like, a great why look. are you threatening this guy? He's so friendly and you're being a jerk. Again, it was, it, was a, it was a mom looking at her teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And a teenage daughter mm-hmm. just said something inappropriate. The mom gave her, shot her this look like, come on. Come yeah. on, kid, don't go there. You know, don't embarrass yeah. the family. 
<laughs> yeah. Look. Great look, though. Really good. It was a good look. We do see uh, Admiral Hayes footage. We start to see some of that. Seven sees a spatial grid, like a map up there. And Janeway right. goes up and she says, yeah, this is the coordinates of, an, of a sector nearby about yeah. 10 light years away. Maybe this is, they want us to go here. Yeah. And so um, we cut to the bridge and they're approaching these coordinates that our tourists help them decrypt some of this. So they get yeah. this map at least uh, so far. And they approach these coordinates and on the view screen, they see a ship. And the signature is a Starfleet signature. The right? warp signature is Starfleet. Yeah. And it's very yeah. advanced looking. I, I liked the design. Oh, I thought it was ship. super cool. I thought, ooh, this thing looks very aerodynamic and just different from any other Starfleet ship we've seen so far. Yeah. The reaction from Harry, happy. Harry is happy as a clam. You can see him smiling. Then yep. you cut to Janeway's face. Not so much. She's not too happy. She she's looks very stone very cold, stone which faced, sort of yeah. bumped me at this point. I was like, yeah. what is, what is I made the same on? note. Like, yeah. why is Kate playing it this way? Yeah. Makes sense later on, because she's very skeptical right. all very along. Very skeptical. We come back on the bridge, and uh, they try hailing them. No response, no life signs. Um, by the way, I made a note. Rick Colby shoots the bridge so well. His The way he stages the movement in one line, you know, hands off to another. The Really good. The really tense sort of really um, stacked up frames where mm -hmm. we get lots of information in the frame is mm -hmm. low angles, um, foreground yeah. elements. It was really cool looking. Agreed. You know, they see that this, this Starfleet ship and they don't know what to make of it. And Janeway thinks the answer has got to be in this transmission. So she says to Arturus, you know, I, I need your help to decode the rest of the mission. And he steps down on the bridge near her. And I made a note, he's close talking like <laughs> it's really awkward another why did we do that on star trek so much like we would come up and just kind of talk right next to each other it was, yes even the guest stars did it it must yeah. have been the directors or something like, i don't know but because he right. came up in a really creepy way right next to her it's, he did. I mean, chakotay would be mad I think, I think you could even see her hair like blow in from his breath like that's yes. how close she, <laughs> that's how close our tourist was to janeway yeah but you're right close talking it was close talking anyway she says can you help me let's decode the rest of this message and she says to uh chakotay to take tom and tuvok over and secure this starfleet vessel go over there and secure it you're right not tom and harry but tom and tuvok Tom and Tuvok. Yeah. yeah. So now we're on the uh, Dauntless Bridge. Yep. With Tom and Tuvok and not Harry and Chico <laughs> <laughs> Day. And then, <laughs> I was bummed. I was like, what? I am not on the away team. Fine. You didn't even remember this. I, you're you're right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, you guys detect that there's power fluctuations in the warp core. So that's the first sort of something's going on yeah. <laughs> right like what's happening here it's interesting and then we go to the engineering room of the uh dauntless and you guys discover this is not a typical warp core this is something that nobody's really seen before and you guys discover that it's a quantum slipstream drive yeah and uh while you guys are checking it out the vessel powers up. Who, who who pushes the button randomly? What was that you? No, nobody pushes no one, it. It's okay, like it just started, it was on auto. It was on auto start. Yeah. yeah. So. so they they come over. They they 
check the panels. They realize it's the USS Dauntless. Yeah. It's got registry NX-01A. Yeah. Like, it seems legit, right? Yeah. Everything. It looks, it looks good. It even says that, that it was launched on Stardate 51472. Right. So everything seems legit. Yeah. This, um, but this engine is very different. You're mm-hmm. right. Um, they don't recognize it at all. Paris, you know, when they're in the engine engine room, by the way, the engine room, it looked like those static electricity balls yeah, that you used to see it. Put like your hand Spencer's, on. Yeah, yeah. Spencer's. Yeah. Spencer's gifts had them. You could buy them. Sure. That's what the engine looked like. Just a big version of that. It's That's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> they said, get down to Spencer's. Yeah. Go buy their static electricity ball. That's going to be the quantum slipstream drive. That's the quantum slipstream. Do you remember that bridge? Does that is it ringing a the, bell now that you Well, when I watched the episode, what I did remember, I vaguely remember, yes, being in, on that set. What I yes. remember most of all, and I made this note right here, that Rick really wanted these low angles because we were standing on that platform looking down yeah, at the yeah. at the static electricity ball. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of cool red you know, colored lights and things. And he right. wanted the camera down there, real low angle with lots of foreground stuff. And I remember right. it was hard to get the camera in there. So I remember okay. and panning around and we had to really kind of thread the needle to hit a mark. Right. I do. I remember the technical, you know, aspects of right. shooting in that set because it was tricky because of where he wanted to put the camera. Okay, so that's for the engineering room. But what about for the bridge before the scene before this? Do you recall the advanced bridge? No? Vaguely. Okay. Vaguely. I feel like, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to jump to later on when it decloaks and we see that it's a different ship. I do remember being on a set like that where we had to shoot a bunch of stuff and then we had to go away and shoot other stuff while they changed it over to look Uh, like the alien ship because it it sort of decloaks. So I do remember scenes where they had to, um, they had to sort of, the schedule was weird because of that. Right. Like, I, I don't know why I'm remembering more of the shooting aspects than the story aspects of That's this one. Okay. But, that is uh, okay. Yeah. Now we have a bit of a montage, not a montage, but they jump back and forth between the Dauntless Bridge and Voyager's Bridge. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Kim is in command of the bridge. I know. I put that Harry cool. in the captain's chair. Yes, finally. Look at that. Finally. Look at you. Look at that. Short term. Didn't you, promotion. you were in the captain's chair once before, though. Yeah, I've been, I've been there a couple times. A couple the, times. Usually for the night shift when nothing happens <laughs> i don't think paris was ever in the captain's chair that i can remember uh, yes you were was i yeah did we were. cover it already yeah. maybe once we did maybe once we did you got up and oh yeah you, that's you, right you, you acted right. captain lee you had a few captain lee moments captain once lee, captain lee. once yeah, i think time. you've been in that chair more than i've been me. more t- i have been in the chair more than you have that's yeah. true that is correct for sure uh, so you guys have basically just shot away and we can't even, <laughs> we can't even see you on sensors. You're gone. So then it takes us, I think they said three days or two days for us to finally catch up to you, which what you guys did in one, like 10 seconds, wherever you end. Well, this, yeah, the, the, this, uh, Dauntless takes off on autopilot. Yeah. Like we don't know what's going on. It takes off, it flies off. And by the way, the space space shot of it, Dauntless taking off to me, I felt like it was too similar to warp drive. Okay. I wish that they had done something very different visually to make it look like, right. you know, whatever the deflector deflectors did to help create this slipstream slip thing. Hmm. I wish it looked a little different because it felt very much like okay. warp drive to That's me. Valid. But yes, we do. The thing takes off on autopilot, taking Chicote, Tuvok, and Tom and Harry on the bridge goes. Right. 
bridge to Janeway, they're gone. And Harry's in shock. And then we cut to the Dauntless with our threesome, our three amigos flying through what I like to call the tube of space. Uh, <laughs> Slipstream looks like a tube of, like a sausage tube of space that is flying through. The sausage um, tube of space? <laughs> yes. That's what Slipstream looks like. For those to on you? audio podcast yeah. only, just imagine a sausage tube of space and that's what Slipstream looks like. I don't know if people want to imagine that. I don't know. That might be, if you're inside that might be a sausage PMI. tube. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's All flying right. along through the tube of space. Yes. And it finally and then, stops somehow. I don't even know how you guys stopped it. It just stopped. I guess. Well, auto, well, auto stopped. Uh, Tom explains the energy from the quantum drive is being rerouted through the main deflector. Yeah. And then I like Tuvok's line where he goes, fascinating. Can you make it stop? <laughs> It was such, I, I wrote it down because it made me laugh out loud. Uh, Tim, Tim Russ's reading of, because I'm telling him I'm picking this up and I'm picking that up. And he's like, fascinating. fascinating. Can you make it make stop? It stop. <laughs> it's almost as good as the line earlier when you, when you guys first beam on that dauntless bridge and you're like, wow. And he goes, wow, indeed. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's very, he's so very sarcastic dry. in this episode. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Two bucks hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It does come to a stop. Somehow okay. Paris has made it stop. Yeah. Which is interesting because later on, it's a big deal for Harry and Bolana to figure out how to make it stop. But somehow right. Paris did Paris it. Paris did. Sorry, but he can't remember, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> which, which fits the actor that played him who can't yes. remember anything. So. Short term memory loss Short for <laughs> Tom and, and Robbie, Robbie McNeil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but somehow he makes it stop. They're back in normal space. And Tuvok says in that quick second that we just traveled we traveled over 15 light years 15 light years so this thing's fast it is super fast fast. then we go to space we see a cool shot of voyager approaching the dauntless which i thought was kind of cool i like that shot captain's log she says we've spent two days at high warp to catch what they did in a few seconds 30 Seconds. seconds yeah very quick two days at high warp to catch them but we did catch them and then we go to the briefing room Mm. And they're watching the video of Admiral Hayes. Correct. Well, he basically says like, hey, um, we've sent this ship out there for you. And it's this is your way home. Uh, You'll have enough, you know, provisions and everything. It's right. It's all good to go. So uh, we can't wait to see you. So, you know, we're excited. And Harry's super excited. Yeah. Uh, Seven is a little bit, you know, she's being a teenager and she's kind of. Uh, kind of snappy in this mm-hmm. uh, in this scene especially towards harry there is talk of modifying voyager for slipstream travel mm-hmm. so that we can i guess kind of tow or not tow but bring voyager along to, you know the plan is don't don't scuttle the ship don't leave our yeah, ship leave yeah our that's ship what seven here. says yeah. tuvok does stay behind after everyone leaves the meeting and janeway expresses her reservations she says that everything is just a little too convenient how yeah. everything happened. She's and, like, and why then, am I not more enthusiastic? Yeah. And Tuvok says, perhaps my mental discipline is rubbing off on you. Yes. Which I liked. I did like that line. Yeah. Like uh, but then they pinpoint the fact that everything started when Arturus arrived. Yeah. So Arturus is sort of the the uh, jumping off point. Or yeah, yeah, he began everything that began as everything that started happening happened when he showed up. So yep. there are some suspicions there. Jingwei 
But Janeway only expresses these concerns to Tuvok. So these two know about what's going on. She doesn't really say it to anybody else. This is our first red flag. Yeah, first red flag. So they talk and then she says, she says, keep an eye on our tourists. Like, you know, I don't trust him. Yeah. Oh, here's where the montage happens, right? This is where the montage happens. Yeah, there's a big montage between Janeway and Seven, really. Right. But you see Dauntless Bridge, Astrometrics, The Corridor, Janeway's Ready Room, Cargo bay where Seven's regeneration uh, yeah, reg- station regeneration is, pod right? is, yeah. And yeah. all of those locations with a mon- are in a montage with personal logs from Janeway and Seven back and forth, back and forth, and which we've never done before. Two personal We've never logs. done a montage yeah. like this, and it was de- back and forth between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Again, I go back to this, like how this story developed. I think yeah. this was supposed to be very much a Janeway Seven episode right. even more than it than it is uh, originally i think it was all them it sort of developed to include more of us but when this montage starts there's a space shot where we see over the dauntless with voyager behind a really cool angle and you right. can see inside the windows of the dauntless do you remember that like no it was really cool, cool. i was like that's a very cool detail nice vis effects where they added all these windows it's yeah. a classic dan curry detail because Dan Curry came on to Chuck with me for five years. and He uh, sure did. And he that's a detail. He'd always talk about, well, what do we see inside that window? Do we need mm. to shoot an extra element and film? Because mm-hmm. we want to keep it alive. It's not a painting. We yeah. want it to feel three-dimensional. As so realistic thought, as possible. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. But in this montage, uh, Janeway's on the, bri- the Dauntless Bridge at one point, And she sort of walks by. And do you see you and me in the background? What? Look at all you... the stuff you found. I brought... What? Yeah. What, oh, about, I saw what happened? So much stuff. What, are we do- what are we doing in the background, man? What are we so doing? During the voiceover, <laughs> she's on the Dauntless Bridge hitting some buttons. And as she walks yeah. and kind of glances into the Dauntless Bridge, it's... you and I are on the Dauntless Bridge. You're sitting down and I'm standing by you. And we're both sort of laughing. I'm and sitting I... down laughing with you? What? Yeah. And I made a note. I was like, what joke were we telling? Because I'm sure... That we were like we were being background in the scene yeah, over so this we montage, <laughs> and I'm sure I said something. some dirty joke or something, or you did. One of us said something because the laugh was very real. It didn't look like we were, you know, faking it in any way. So you didn't really tell dirty jokes, though. You you were more of a no. I don't even know. Mm. You're I guess observational comedy you know you would just see yes. it as a, whatever was going on around you and you would comment on it yeah it was probably something like that who's doing the most laughing was it me or was it you it was both of us i don't know what we were laughing about but clearly Why would we, we have not off? noticed that the camera was on us though wouldn't we have uh, oh, oh, i think I feel it was like... supposed to be like everybody's happy they're going home so i think it fit oh, the scene. okay all right i think it fit the scene that but... makes sense yeah that makes sense i've got to watch it again now just because you yeah. told me this Okay. I noticed in this also that seven in the hallway, the hallway was filled during this montage with a bunch yeah. of our regular background. Yeah. And it was great to see all these happy, all these uh, regular background there. And they all were laughing. Same thing. Everybody's mm-hmm. excited. They're, yeah. They think we're going home. We're going to get home real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the close up in the ready room when Janeway's talking about maybe I'll connect with my old friends. And we cut mm-hmm. to a close up of seven in the, in the uh, regeneration alcove. And she's mm. like, will she be able to adapt to human civilization? So they're both sort of pondering the consequences or the reality of being getting, home. So, getting home, yeah, yeah, for sure. Now we yeah. end up in a scene in uh, Dauntless Engineering Room. Seven yeah. Torres and Harry are there. 
Seven mm-hmm. and Torres start talking about getting back home and, and there's, you know, there's hesitation from uh, Seven. And Seven even brings up the fact that, you, you know, you seemed pretty excited to get back there, especially since, and, and it's shocking to me, it's surprising to me, Seven says, because you will be, you will be facing charges for being a Maquis, yeah. for a member of yeah. the Maquis. And doesn't that, uh, doesn't that affect you in any way? And Torres sort of answers, well, if it was up to me, and spending the rest of my life in the Delta Quadrant or facing the music and, you know, facing the, the yep. charges that I face, I'll take the charges in, back home than yeah. being in Delta Quadrant. So, And then she says something to Seven, like, you know, well, uh, yeah, I'll be in trouble, but so will you, Seven, for being a bore or something. And then she right. goes, that was a joke. You yeah. need to work on your sense of humor, Seven. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it was a long conversation with Balan and Seven, which we don't see often. So I was really happy to to see that scene. I thought it was really fun to watch. Yeah, it was a good scene. When Balana leaves, then Seven goes over and talks to Harry and Harry's excited and uh, he's trying to get her excited. And she just has this cold stare with Harry. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately Harry's like, you know, Seven, it won't be the same without you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it has a really nice moment and she just is cold and... Oh no, she smiles cold. then. That's what after he says that. She does give me Did a smile. She? Yes. She gave That's you a little smile. I Warm didn't pick smile that up. from Seven when Harry oh. tries to say it won't be the same without you. That's like the only time where she's kind of comfortable and and a yeah, little she's bit cold happy. She's cold the, the rest of the scene. I didn't yes. catch that little moment, but you that's might have been important. so busy writing notes down, you Probably. didn't see the smile. So yeah. it's a nice split that second. You, it worked. You got yeah, to see? it. That's nice. why we're co-hosts for this thing. Whatever I miss, <laughs> you pick up. Whatever you miss, I pick up. And then you find a weird panel. You get a yeah. reading on your tricorder. I and do. You, go over, you pull this panel out, and there's a weird. The tricorder sort of sparks the panel. It like reacts. Yeah. yeah. Really weird. And so you call Tuvok. Yeah. And hey, we got to check this out. I picked up something unusual. Suspicious. Unusual yeah. is what you said, right? He says, I'll be right over. Yep. Don't worry. We jump to Astrometrics. Mm-hmm. And Seven basically says that she does not want to return to Earth. Mm-hmm. She says this to Janeway. And Janeway says, This is about your fear. You know, you are afraid to go back to Earth. And this is the scene where Janeway discovers the real message from Admiral Hayes. Yeah. And that message is basically where we've tried everything. We cannot figure out a way to get you guys back sooner. You know, uh, good luck <laughs> is, the pretty, is the essence of this message. Yeah. Good luck. She finds she's yeah. Janeway is suspicious of that first message that uh, our tourists helped her get. And so she's right. digging deeper right. at the end of the scene. She does find that buried real yeah. message, which is good luck that we, we can't help you at all. Yeah. Yeah. But in the middle of the scene, I found that this scene was really important because mm. Janeway lays out like, you know, you're becoming human and you're right. afraid and trust me, it's going to, you're going to get home to earth mm-hmm. and you're going to see the humanity that you're starting to look. And yeah. seven just goes hard at Janeway. And she does, she goes really, really hard mm-hmm. criticizing and just cutting and mm-hmm. saying really harsh things mm-hmm. i was shocked <laughs> actually i was yeah. like wow the yeah. writers really put a lot of harsh stuff in seven's mouth 
Yeah, didn't scene. she say that she wasn't going to go through with doing any of her job or anything like that? She's a, she was done. Isn't that, isn't this a scene where she says that? Well, she's, well, well, Janeway does say, you know, we've given you a lot, Seven. It's time that you do something in return, yeah. which I was like, whoa. So they're both kind of sniping at each other, yeah. but seven I felt says, like Seven. I have been doing a lot. I yeah, have been said, doing a lot. I have on many occasions, but this time I refuse. I refuse. Janeway's yes. like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to stay here by yourself? How will she's you survive? Like, yeah, she's like, She'll I don't say, know. <laughs> She says, I'll survive. And Jane goes, on what? Board perfection? Yeah, that goes, was good. Look at that she line. She goes, precisely. <laughs> yes. And Ooh. it was a heated conversation that, again, going back, because I, I was wondering how this story came about. And yeah. again, I think it was, they had had a whole different idea about this story that mm-hmm. was all Seven and Janeway, like battling out in space mm-hmm. by themselves or something. Yeah. And so these these ideas and these themes came out in these scenes as they were working. Right. But um, yeah, at the end of the scene, they find the real message and Arturus has lied. Yeah. So Janeway says, uh, let's go get weapons. She calls Tuvok, says, uh, watch Arturus, but don't tip our hand. Right. We're coming over with weapons. We go to the Dauntless Bridge mm-hmm. and Arturus uh, is walking around and he goes to push a button and Bellana says, no, 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 don't do that. She goes, you almost started the slipstream drive. And he goes, oh, he plays innocent. Oh, right. really? Right. And then but, he speak, speaks Klingon to her, which I thought yeah, was cool. Yeah, he did. Basically he did. saying thank you, I think, is what right. he was saying. But the other important part about the scene is when Janeway does arrive, she tells all the away teams, all the all the personnel to head back to the ship. Okay, yep. so she's like, get out of here. Everyone get out mm-hmm. of here. She confronts a tourist. A tourist is dodging it pretty much you know he's not i didn't do it dodges and then he blames seven yeah it's seven seven she tampered with it she's sabotaging she doesn't want to go back which actually is a pretty good lie because it would make sense to Mm -hmm. janeway she might buy it but Mm -hmm. but he can tell she's not buying it so he goes and he goes to rip a panel open yeah. And try to get this lever and a security team grabs him and there's a bit well, of a struggle. He got shot by a phaser first, which yeah, really didn't shot do by the phaser. anything. He was like, yeah. like it, it singed his clothes, but it didn't really do anything to him. Then yeah. they come over the two security detail. It's uh, uh, the one person who I've never seen before, the, the female, mm-hmm. the lady. And the other guy we have seen before, that background actor, I, I've kind of joked and said, that's Ed Sheeran, you know, the, the right. <laughs> so Ed Sheeran and the, the new security detail officer try to pry him loose, but evidently he has extreme strength. Like he's, he's stronger than Tuvok. Yeah. Stronger than two of our security, but he, they're holding him back and he just gets his fingers on the edge of the lever. And yeah. as he falls back, he pulls this lever. Right. And the ship decloaks. Yeah. On the bridge, which was very cool, transforms mm-hmm. into this alien ship, yeah. which I loved. It was cool red lights and mm-hmm. the panels all look super cool. Yeah. And as people are beaming out now, because Janeway had said, evacuate the ship. I'll tell all mm-hmm. the the security, you know, the, um, the what do you call them, repair teams to evacuate. Yeah. And um, some of our security people start beaming out. But um, Harry says... He's trying to deflect our transporter right. locks. And so right. some of them beam out, but Janeway and Seven basically start to beam out, yeah. but he's now deflected it and they can't. So he's got yeah. them trapped. Mm-hmm. And they seem to go into slipstream mode. Yep. And he's got Janeway and Seven. Right. And we've lost them. Correct. Um, yeah. So on Dauntless's bridge, 
Yeah. Uh, passage of time after the commercial break, our tourist blames Janeway for the destruction of his species, essentially just, mm-hmm. you know, you're the reason you are the reason why I, I don't, I don't hold her at fault because she's just a drone doing, she was a drone doing what she had to do kind of a thing. Right. So yep. the, the Borg are not at fault. It, it's you Janeway, you made the deal. You ended up eliminating you made a deal 8472 mm-hmm. and his people had outwitted the Borg for centuries, he right, said. Right. But then when she made the deal with the uh, species 8472. Actually, the deal was with, with Borg, right? To, to help the Borg defeat 8472. That's the deal. Yes. And that and 8472 was the last hope of Arturus's people because yes. 8472 was winning the battle against the yep. Borg. And once Voyager intervened and basically screwed up the whole prime directive <laughs> and then that's yeah. how we have the end of his people like only the 10 end of his people left 10 right? to twenty thousand survived mm-hmm. he said he escaped with one vessel alone yeah. by himself yeah and he blames uh janeway not seven mm-hmm. for this you know she said you know the borg are not the you know none of this they were doing what borg do right but you're the reason you know we had everything in balance and we're managing it until you made this deal yeah so he said he watched and waited for months to try to lure them to his vessel. Yeah. And uh, he's going to take them back and let them get assimilated by the Borg. Yeah. And like his plan, his, his plan was the entire crew was going yeah. to be assimilated by the Borg. All of us. Yeah. But he'll set, he's, he's satisfied with two. Two is good enough. If he can get Janeway and seven, that's fine. And he, and he says to seven, he says, you know, seven should thank you should thank me because yeah. this is what you wanted all along. You've wanted to go back to the collective, right? Yeah, which yeah. is an interesting thing because she has, she's like a teenage, petulant teen, teenage child. Yes. She's been telling mom, I just yeah. want to go back to the board. I want to, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go play with my friends. I don't like you anymore. And he just wants revenge. Yeah. He just wants revenge. Yeah, that's this. all he cares about. So now we go to the Voyager Bridge and it's shaking, everything's shaking here. And uh, Chakotay had asked Paris to, uh, use the warp core modifications for slipstream that they were working on and try to go after them. So they clearly have gotten this going and now they're going at slipstream or they're they're about to go slipstream. They're breaking through right now. They finally break through. Harry says, you know, uh, whole integrity is going down, everything's shaking and they break through into slipstream. It does work. And then Paris says he'll align uh, their course to match the slipstream of the alien ship. So they're on the hunt. So now we know voyagers on the chase they just got to catch up to them mm-hmm. then we go to the alien brig seven and janeway are there and they're trying to come up with a escape plan or something and mm-hmm. they realize well the borg if you borg drones could just walk through this force field and mm-hmm. you've still got some you could borg adapt in you, yeah you if you could adapt right. exactly so if they could adjust her cranial implant maybe she could use her borg tech to get walk right out of this brig so yeah, uh, Janeway takes her comm badge and kind of removes a microfilament out of her comm badge. She says, would a microfilament work? I think so. So she takes the microfilament out of her comm badge and uh, starts tweaking the implant. And, and here have- is the dialogue where Janeway begins talking to Seven while she's adjusting her implant. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. she says, uh, Seven, I've been hard on you at times, but it was never out of anger or regret that I brought you on board. I'm your captain, and that means I can't always be your friend. Understand? And that part, God, how much does that sound like, I'm your mom, but I can't always be your friend, understand? (laughs) And then Seven responds with, no, 
but if we are assimilated, we will be one and I will understand you perfectly, which is hilarious, right? And yeah. then Janeway does not know that this is Seven's attempt at being funny. And then she, you know, Seven, you know, cues her in on that. Yeah. But it goes, is, a, to me, it's hilarious. I was making yeah. a joke. Yeah. Yes. It's, and it is a very funny joke because it yeah. is so true. If they're yeah. both assimilated, she's going to know exactly what was in Janeway's mind uh-huh. at that moment. I, I just love that dialogue. It was really good. That's good. why I wrote it all down. And, and in this scene, yeah, this is kind of their coming together scene or a bit of their like mending this resolution. This, yeah. Yeah. This fight that really blew up. I mean, I thought the dialogue in the astromatrix scene yeah, was the was harshest. Harsh. Oh, yeah. It was the harshest dialogue I've heard, particularly from seven. I think yeah. the words, like I said, the words they put in seven's mouth were just, I don't know how you come back from that, but painful to watch. Know, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. And this is the, res- you know, this is the healing scene where mm-hmm. Seven admits, she, you were right. I was afraid. It was fear. Right. And I don't know where I belong. And so they, they both kind of admit some truth there and come back together a bit, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And then like Seven, walks, Seven walks through this uh, force field. She puts right. her hand through first. It worked. Mm-hmm. And she walks through like a board drone. Right. And uh, up on the Dauntless Bridge, Arturus picks up that they're escaping. Right. He gets a little warning. They head to the uh, engine room. They head to the yep. engine room and they punch a few buttons and they realize they're locked out by Arturus. Mm-hmm. He knows that they've gotten out. So Janeway comes up with a brilliant idea. She says, send a power surge into the starboard thrusters. The starboard thrusters, which in essence is going to tilt that ship out of whack mm-hmm. so it's not flying straight. And I love the end of this. She tells Seven, she goes, we have a game of velocity scheduled for tomorrow. I expect you to keep the appointment. So this is kind of like, <laughs> yes. you know, I have hope that this is going to work. This is so, going to work. Yeah, yeah. So that's a nice um, Yeah, we go. So we go up to the Dauntless Bridge where Arturus is trying to, the kidnappers take him. And, yeah. and we see the ship turn, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. And I made a note here that the way that they do these shots, so our set was still flat on the ground it was not the set was not tipped or anything right they have to get a special head for the camera that the camera's mounted on called a cartoni head Mm -hmm. and i remember learning about this on star trek it's a dutch head so it it usually cameras will tilt forward and backward or pan right and left but they won't twist one way or the other correct that's a third axis that you need a special tool for mm-hmm. and so the head that we use was called a cartoni head mm-hmm. was the brand it was an italian made uh, camera mount mm-hmm. but you could take the camera and you do you remember that head when they would sometimes take the camera and yes turn it side to side yes. Well, we didn't use it that often, but yeah, we didn't use it yeah. that often. And when I directed, I remembered that was a special request. We didn't carry that as our oh, did, part of did our. Did you kit. use a Cartoni head on one of your episodes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you had to ask for it. It was yeah. a special rental. You had to get approval. Right. right. But I loved how he used the Cartoni head on the Dauntless Bridge, and yeah. I also loved how Ray Wise was doing all his own stunts. He was falling down. Yeah, that was and him falling up. and getting up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job, Ray. I thought that was really, really yeah. good. But he does recover. He as regains the ship, control. He regains control mm-hmm. and gets it back on course. So mm-hmm. it didn't quite work. Janeway pleads with him, doesn't she? She's like, listen, you she know. He comes onto the bridge. She's yeah, like, you, you don't have to be the one that's sacrificing. You, you, yeah. you, could, you could be the sole... You could be the sole person of your species to to keep the legacy of your people alive. You know, come mm-hmm. on, you know, we can stop this craziness right now. And a tourist then punches a few 
few more buttons and he basically destroys navigational controls on his own yeah, ship. So, so you can't, can't turn it around. Nobody, no, nobody, nobody can change can. it anymore. It's just going to keep going straight. Yeah. Yeah. We jump back to the Voyager's bridge. Chakotay mm-hmm. then fires on the Dauntless, which disables the shields and essentially gives Allows us a chance us to, to beam Janeway and yep. seven out. Exactly. It's a really sad shot of Artur sitting in his chair like that, just heading right into the end of his life. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. I thought, well, you see, so they fire on it. They beam. By the way, Janeway continues to beg him. Mm, to the to, very last second. She's like, come on. She says, it's not too late. And he says something like, well, it's too late for you. And he turns around with this double-barreled weapon to fire on Jane to fire on her just as she's beaming out they beam her out literally as the as the weapon fires at her right so he doesn't kill her no and then we cut out to space and we see voyager kind of change course and we see a different um, sausage tube we see two sausage tubes yes yes so the slipstream turns from one sausage tube to two into two sausage tubes and voyager goes off to the right and the Dauntless heads straight on its course because navigation is destroyed. I thought Voyager went to the left. That's what it looked like to me. It oh, took I the le- it took the left tube, I thought. Oh, I Maybe. thought that was the Dauntless going in the straight tube and the curvy tube, sausage tube. But anyway, they do split. <laughs> they split up into two sausage tubes. Cool tunnel split. And yeah. uh, the Dauntless goes right into the Borg space yeah this cube's sitting there waiting for him (laughs) and then it's cool because he goes right towards one and then another cube kind of comes in and blocks it yeah so he's surrounded by four cubes yeah it's and he's yeah the last shot of him sitting alone on the on the dauntless bridge he's very sad he's resigned he knows he's about to be assimilated he is poor ray wise yeah we have a shot of voyager and uh, Captain's Log, she says, we rode the slipstream for an hour until it finally collapsed. And we've mm-hmm. done some, you know, uh, analysis and it's too dangerous to use this slipstream. We cannot okay. do this again, but it got us 300 light years closer to home. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. We got a little f- closer. Yeah. And then we go to the holodeck and that's yeah. where uh, Janeway and Seven play Velocity again. Yeah. Yeah. So Seven uh, wants to leave early so she can go back to work. And Janeway says, no. You can't leave. <laughs> I ordered everybody to rest, to take, to, to take a little break, to recover from this drama we've been through. <laughs> but seven reveals that she's, she maybe can, you know, modify the slipstream yeah. to help them get home. And Jamie's like, wait, you want to go home? Um, I thought you were, you know, determined to stay here. And mm-hmm. seven says, no, I reevaluated things. And uh, yeah. the idea of being a drone again is unappealing. Yeah. So that's the resolution right there, right? That's the that's the scene where we see that Seven's all on board and getting mm-hmm. back to Earth now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the captain smiles and says to the computer, "Okay, one more game. One more game. And we go off on them starting another game of Velocity." And my uh, takeaway is, it's okay for the captain to say one more game, but when Seven says one more game, it's not so good. <laughs> From earlier, well, if you're on a recess break. <laughs> You know, yeah. everybody can One more play. Game's okay. So yeah. what is your lesson or your theme out of this episode? This was a tough one because it was so dense, this episode mm. for me. I guess my theme would be don't ignore your instincts. Yeah. 
Yeah. Your intuition actually is the word I'm looking for. Yes. Uh, or your gut, you know, yeah. people have a gut feeling is the same thing as intuition. And that mm -hmm. is the same theme that I have that intuition is very powerful and intuition is something that you should not ignore. Well, the funny thing about intuition though, like seven says to Janeway that it's mm -hmm. a, it's a human fallacy or whatever she says. Mm -hmm. I think intuition is powerful, but I, I think you should not ignore it. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think you should trust it completely like trust but verify well, yeah <laughs> that I mean, makes do sense. Your, like, yes 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 do your due diligence but there's a reason yeah. there's something about us as human beings as, as beings of energy where we feel we sense the energy is off about something that we're about to embark upon or a decision yeah. we're about to make like something is just not right it doesn't add up right and so you're correct don't trust it blindly do your due diligence but definitely do not ignore it. Do yeah. not ignore it. Uh, well, that's why, I mean, for Janeway, she had an instinct that something was off. There was lots of reasons for her just to be enthusiastic and course. say, yeah, let's go back home. Look, we got a, we got this dauntless thing and yeah. slipstream. Let's do it. But Absolutely. she had an instinct. She didn't stop pursuing the dauntless, but she kept going back at that message and really looking deeper into it and and realized the true story so yeah i thought that was that's my that's my uh takeaway on a scale of one to ten the season finale of uh, season four what would you give this one i'll give it a six. Oh wow yeah wow. actually i'll give it a 6.5 because i love the name dauntless for a ship yeah, for a starship so i'll give it 6.5 Wow, this is Wait, a rare situation yeah. where I'm going to go eight. You going higher? What? I'm going to go a no, strong. Come on, I am. I'm going to go a strong no. eight. Are you going I metric like on me? One. Is this a metric thing? What's happening here? It's no. Huh? This is straight up one to ten. It's an eight, solid eight. What? I'm tempted to go eight point five, but what? I would well, say okay, eight. Well, back it up. Wow, why is it an eight for you? I want to know. I think. Um, I think it 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 bought into the big idea of our show in a mm. really great way, which is we're lost in the Delta quadrant when we're trying okay. to get home. Okay. This was huge in that mythology. Yes. I also thought the conflict between seven and Janeway, which is now so central at this point in our series to the, to the series, it really, it's becoming a series about those two. Yeah. That, um, that this sort of turning point for them is kind of hitting a rock bottom with their relationship and things yeah. like that and yes. being able to turn it to some understanding i felt i felt a real victory there i thought it involved our crew all of us in a in a okay. decent way it wasn't the best right. but right. it was decent okay. i thought this the set design and the shot shot making for the dauntless and stuff that rick colby did i thought it was all super strong so okay um, that's fine. I'll give it an, I'll give it an eight. I'm not going to go 8.5, but it's a, it's a solid eight. Okay. Me. Okay. <laughs> this is a rare time where McNeil's rating is higher than mine. I know. So, all right. Significantly higher. Significant. Significantly. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our recap and discussion of hope and fear. Join us next week when Robbie and I embark on season five, episode one. Wow. Night. Night. Wow. Yes. All right. It's so crazy. We're at five now. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material.